Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors podcast. The Greenway Outdoors is also an internationally syndicated TV show on Pursuit Channel and Wild TV. You are now tuned into our weekly podcast hosted by executive producer Kyle Green, production coordinator Jeff Hutchinson, director AJ Beadle, and creative producer Ryan Parks. We live in a world where our natural resources are almost solely protected by funds raised by hunters and fishermen. With over 60% of those funds coming from white males over the age of 55, the Greenway Outdoors team has set out on a mission to create content that would inspire millennials, Generation Z, and new sportsmen and women to get out, hunt, fish, and contribute towards conservation and the betterment of our planet. Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors. Drink it now. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Greenway Outdoors podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Jeff. I'm AJ. I'm Ryan. We've got a guest in the house today. So I've never heard this either. I've never heard of James going by Cody, but that's what you do. Yeah, James Cody Dennis is okay. the full name. But And you're joining us because you've got a really cool shop in Waterford, Michigan. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so we are a type 1 and type 7 FFL. We're a gunsmithing shop. We don't necessarily sell guns, although we do, we'll do we'll do transfers, but what we specialize in is Cerakote, laser engraving, NFA engraving, laser stippling, hand stippling, pretty much taking your black standard you know, gun and making it wild. That's pretty cool. So, you know, I always found too, I found some pretty good deals buying guns online, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you got to have them sent to an FFL when you're going to be picking them up. Yeah. A lot oh, of times. Nice. Yeah. So, if you buy, mm-hmm. like, say I wanted to buy a handgun, mm-hmm. um, and I've done this before online, and it says, okay, you got to have it sent to an FFL. So, like, if you're on, like, budsgunshop.com, you guys can pay us, by the way. But uh, if you're on budsgunshop.com and you're like, okay, I want to buy this 9mm, boom, boom, they'll yep. say, okay, it's got to go in FF- an FFL. Then you go there, the gun gets delivered to them, and then they go through the paperwork with you, and they might charge okay. you 25 50 yep. whatever dollars. Right. It's a big misconception that there's no background checks or anything out there when right. it comes to that. But, yeah, if you buy a gun online, you have to have it sent to a dealer like me. We do a 4473 NIC system background check on you, go through all the paperwork, and... You know, you, let, let's talk about the background checks real quick because, so I, yeah, I didn't know about it. In the in the gun debates, what happens a lot of times is you see a lot of people say like, "Well, we need stricter background checks, or we need, you know, they're not effective, or we're not actually doing them, or it, anybody can just go in and buy a gun." But I've actually found that it's definitely not the case, especially for a handgun. Is uh, you know, you you either have to have a CPL, which means you've gone through all the classes, or you got to go to your police station or whatever in your city. Ask, get the little test thing, and you got to fill out a little form, which, I mean, my seven-year-old cousin can figure it out. And then they go through it, do a background check on you and stuff like that, and then they give you a certificate where for the next seven or 14 days or whatever, you can then go buy a handgun. Then you go, and then you get background checks done again there. But whereas if you talk to people, they'll, they'll say that's not the case. I'm kind of answering my own you, question. You buy them on the quarter they're, machine, essentially. They're, they're so <laughs> specific about things. I went and bought... Uh, this is the dumbest story. First... This is the most Jeffrey story that there ever was. <laughs> like my, it's going to be pointless? It was my first... Uh, it was our, my shotgun I used for duck hunting. And I'll, I never, go in, I'll never forget. This is so Jeffrey. Out, super excited about it. We you know ring it up, whatever. He goes, okay, we'll start the paperwork. And it was... 30 seconds. I write my name down and I start writing my address. I had just moved like one week prior. Oh. And I started writing down my parents' address instead of my new address. I got two digits in and went, out of habit. I put in two digits. It's not this. I'm got to put my new address. Is that okay? He goes, no. You're going to have to come back well, he tomorrow. Said, he said, let me see. Yeah. But he said, let me see your ID. 
Well, Jeff didn't have the sticker on the back oh, of his. Yeah, he didn't right. have the sticker yeah, on the back of his license yet. He goes, mm-hmm. "Does it match?" And Jeffrey goes, "Well, can I just put my it literally two my digits. parents' address because I, I just moved two days ago and all my stuff still goes there." He goes, "Nope, cannot sell you a gun." And he like shut the whole thing down, <laughs> kicked Jeffrey out. And I'm like, Close. "You're the dumbest person Close I've ever met." <laughs> I couldn't handle. I, I just. I couldn't handle Jeffrey that day. So when you talk to, I've I've been asked before to talk to the media, no local news stations and sure. stuff, and I don't like them chopping up stuff. But this is a podcast, so I'll give you the straight skinny on yeah. it. If you come to a dealer, doesn't matter if it's a long gun or a handgun, we do a forty four seventy three. We do a background check. If you are doing a personal sale sale in the state of Michigan, you are required to get an RI sixty, which is a pistol purchase permit. You can get that at local police station. You can download it and just fill it out if you have your CPL. <clears throat> Long guns is the only thing in Michigan that I could contact you off Craigslist and say, hey, I want to buy that motorcycle you got. I'll trade you a long gun for it and give you $75 or whatever for the gun, and you just take it. There is no registration of Michigan in, for And long when he guns. says long guns, he's talking deer, like rifles yep. or shotguns. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Huh. So is there a gun show loophole? No, because everybody who has a vendor booth at a gun show is an FFL and therefore required to process a 4473. Okay. The only background check loophole that there is that I can see is a foreseeable problem in the future is 3D printed guns. Do you own a drill press? You can get an 80% lower online. You know, like, right. there's tons of ways to get a gun. Right. And in all reality, dealers and your law-abiding you know, owners are not the ones you should be looking at as a problem. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if, if you're going through the Makes process sense. to get a gun legally, you're being pretty well vetted. The other thing is, like, you see in the news is, like, well, there were so many warning signs on this person and like everything like that, and he completely... They called the police four times, and they did nothing. Yeah, he literally he told, the- he told people this is what he was going to do. He There's a Joe Rogan stand-up that cracks me up. It's not funny, but they're like... this. Is, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> He's always funny. But he was talking about how they, they pulled over this guy, and in his car, he had a bunch of weapons, ammunition, and a map of the White House... Jeez. In his car, and they let him go. And then a few days later, he attempted this true story. Really? Yeah. Then he tried. He was going to break into the White House. Instead, he only took a knife, left the guns, left the ammo, left everything in, and then went into the White House and like ran up the uh, thing. And like, if he, he, that's the, right. The bit I'm, is, right. and this. I'm butchering it. But the bit, is, the bit is, if if you were to ask somebody like, how heavily guarded do you think the White House is? You'd be like. You know, I'm sure there's like lasers and drop Ew. things, and you end up in a jail cell, and this Snipers and that. Like on the, roof, the ground yeah. comes out. But but it wasn't. He ran all the way up, got all the way to the door. He just took a knife with him, opens oh, the door. There's one female security guard. He smacks her down, and he's running around inside the White House for like 15 minutes before they end up. T- an off-duty officer I tackles it being that him. Long too. I, I remember the story. It's like. It's like, yeah. it's like what? That's insane. I feel like at some point in the White House, slowed, slowed down, just gone. This is working. I'm still here. <laughs> uh, why is this working? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and Joe Rogan was laughing. He's like, that guy wanted to die. If he wanted to hurt anyone, he would have took the guns with him. He wanted to be killed. He was probably so irritated that nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> why am I still here? If you go back to the legality of that situation, was he uh, was he legally allowed to possess guns? Okay, so he had a map, guns, and ammo. Right. That doesn't prove intent. No, to, it doesn't. You know, so that's why they're just like, all right, let him go. Right. Yeah, and, that's but that's the thing is like, but then there's the stories of people that are like, this person has a mental problem. This person's yeah. like said they're going to do these things. Like the parkland shooter. Yeah, like they always say is like, well, the FBI was called three times and they did nothing. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's a lot of that stuff too when it comes to it. Yeah. But the long story short is That's true. Anybody, and you can confirm this more than anyone, that says there's like, oh, it's just so easy to walk in and get a gun. It's like, illegally maybe, and that's. But if you str- make the gun laws stricter here, this isn't where the problem is. It's o- it's over there, and there's <laughs> mental issues and things like right. that. And it's yeah, we deny people all the time for forty four seventy threes, and then there's an appeal process they can go through, and they go through the correct legal channels, and maybe they do get it, maybe they don't. At that point in time, it's out of my hands. It's in ATF hands yeah. and local departments. What are, what are, what is like the most common reason that like um, you deny people? They start uh, writing the wrong address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a big one. That really is a really? big one. Oh, but this guy couldn't wait either. He was like, know, I hope right? it. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, when I call the FBI, the, mom- the moment they come back on a denial, they don't tell me why it was denied. So let's say um, on the 4473, there's uh, questions and it asks you if you're a felon. Are you mentally adjudicated? Are you addicted to any illegally... You know, controlled substances. Right. So, if you are a felon and you answer illegally on that form, you're lying on a federal document. Oh, okay. Nice. But Jeffrey, the, <laughs> the FBI, when they come back and say, "Okay, it's been approved, denied, delayed," they don't tell me it's denied because you have a felon sitting there trying to buy a gun. Contact the local authorities and and put them away. Right. They just say denied. Right. And then I'm like, okay, denied, and hang up the phone. So, I mean, what am I supposed to do as a dealer? I just right. don't sell them the gun. So you don't. Yeah. You don't necessarily know why. But yeah. but do you ever like when someone walks in they're buying a gun and you're like this guy oh I got a story you about got, that oh, I got, yes, yes, I knew that yes, yes, yes. so I was at another shop I will not name and a guy came in who was uh, teardrop tattoos and you know oh, he no. was, teardrop tattoos yeah so his I, name it was Lil Wayne <laughs> it was him <laughs> so I bet the guy behind the counter I knew the shop I love owner it. I bet be the guy a awesome. hundred bucks that the guy was gonna fail you went all in at a hundred bucks oh, yeah I knew he was gonna fail well that's a steep bet for a you know someone just, just walking. Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy, like the guy had laughed when the date was 420 and done oh. some other stuff that I was like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. under my discretion, I wouldn't have sold to him. The uh, 4473 actually came back approved. Okay. And I gave him 100 bucks. Well, about two months later, local authorities come in and they go, did you sell that gun to that guy? And the store owner had to call me back, give me my $100 back because <laughs> the FBI was wrong and they had to go retrieve the guns. <laughs> No wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, th- how does that? I wonder how that works. It, paperwork, grammatical. No, I mean like the, the retrieval of the guns. I mean, they go to whatever address them. is on file, and they knock on the door, and they say, "Hey, well, you were sold this firearm, and where is it? And we're confiscating it." And yeah, if it comes to that, they will do a, a warrant. I wonder if they get their money back. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh no. No, the shop owner. It goes. They, they known can't better. wait to keep it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, add to the pile. They can't wait to keep <laughs> Burn them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, ATF will not like once they charge them with stuff. They, I mean, you're not getting your money back. You said he gave you the hundred bucks <laughs> back, but did when he give you, you two hundred back, or would you just call it even? No, I called the loophole. I called even because there was some yeah, which he owed me money. It was a push. I don't you're, know. You're both kind of right. You're like I've been looking for. A matter of fact, Mike, if you're out there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, my. Uh, my little cousin Ashley, she's not little. I gotta quit saying always that. little. Yeah, she's, she's always little. She's, she's seven. She's an adult. She's she is an adult. adult. So um, she got her car, by the way. She got an Equinox. She's nice. Not happy. But anyhow, nice. um, <laughs> she uh, we took her out on a deer hunt, and uh, my dad is like, he he loves the type of work that you guys do at your shop, and he's a um, he's a tool and die company owner yeah. for a long time. So he um, he rigged up this 
it's from is it from 1898 or 1899 around there yeah um it's a 3040 craig which is a it's like i think basically pretty similar to 30 odd six but it was obsolete before world war one it was used in the spanish-american war and it was his grandfather's gun and then he's rigged it up where it's got a scope on it and it's all engraved and he's built half the gun and everything else and yeah. that was he actually had to offset it he had to have, uh, make a special thing that that when it ejected the cartridge it like went out to the side because mm-hmm. otherwise it hit the scope that's right. super elaborate yeah they right. weren't they weren't made to have scopes but it's a it's a pretty cool gun heavy and still dead accurate too it is yeah i, I hit something with yeah, it yeah aj <laughs> shot the clay remember oh that's right it, yeah. well, that was like 100 yards or something no, 100 was... 150 yards and it was yeah. a clay the problem was though the barrel was real hot yeah so you know we had been putting rounds through mm-hmm. it a lot of rounds through it so it gets a lot a lot more, more squirrely, yeah. you know it's not as accurate at that point because yeah. you could probably explain this better than i do but when a gun gets hot when you're pumping ammo through it what happens metal expands yeah so i mean in the same case uh a lot of times when we see a malfunctions the case will actually expand in the the throat of the bore and then that's how you get a malfunction where you know a round gets stuck in the okay. chamber you have a squib load it doesn't have enough powder it goes halfway down the barrel you get something stuck and or you'll have a cracked case and it'll seize up inside the barrel um even like the military when they change out like uh 240 barrels in the 1919s and stuff like that they used to like do quick change on barrels for machine guns okay. uh, mm-hmm. for keeping heads down but i mean you'll see in the movies all the time guys piss on them and stuff just to cool them down right um so yeah i mean m- metal it expands when it gets hot when we press certain barrels in we'll actually put the receiver we'll get it hot and we'll put the barrel in dry ice so you have expansion and contraction right and that way you can fit better same way you do wheel bearings on a car you know? okay yeah it's nice it's funny because you can if you sight in a gun and you're sighting in a gun you want to give it that time to cool because if you don't yeah cold board when you go to shoot a deer on november 15th morning and it's cold out yep it's a different gun than it was there. So no, if you want to be dead nuts on, yeah, we're depending on ranges too and what caliber you're using. Cold bore shot, like I shoot 450 below the rifle line. Um, I'm building another one right now for this season. Okay. And when I go out, I shoot suppressed too. So I'll go out, shoot a cold bore shot suppressed, and wait. And I sit there and I wait. But yeah, I mean, even your barometric pressures, all that stuff, uh, it'll affect long range shooting. You know, your right. temperature, your elevation above sea level, all that stuff goes into play. Shooting really far, you got the Coriolis effect and, you know. Oh, yeah. What's what's the farthest distance you've ever shot and hit a target? 500 and... Okay, are we talking a living target? Anything. Uh, Now we're getting into it. Anything anything you were aiming for. Uh... Not not living like 700. Humans only, please. No, just kidding. 700 (laughs) on uh, target. But if we're talking, you know, living, uh, about 540. And that's wow. uh, to shoot something that far living. That's with a bow or no? I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how long is that range they have set up at deer camp? That's pretty. Three hundred. Oh, is that? Yeah, there's okay. a three hundred one we have set up with the right that optics. Seems so long. We're the shooting. Right... It, we're shooting it with a Barrett. Okay, yeah. yeah we have a fifty cal. cal up there. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Fifty BMG with the right person training you. Now the guy I had at my back who set up the gun. Are you ex-military? No. Okay. The guy who I had set up the gun was. And okay. he was right at my back, coaching me through it, my breathing, everything. Yeah, that's cool. So I don't credit anything to me besides pulling a trigger, man. That guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. Pretty I mean, cool. Huh, pretty nice. cool. So tell that's us about... Cool. You guys do a lot of custom work, basically making cool guns way cooler. Mm-hmm. So talk about some of the the applications and some of the things that you do to different guns, or like what your specific skill sets or what you guys are best known for. So I don't want to ramble specific skill sets, but... Uh, 
I'm a USCCA instructor. Mm-hmm. I'm a certified gunsmith. I'm a range safety officer. I'm certified engraver. Um, but what we primarily specialize in is Cerakote. And Cerakote um, is actually offered by major manufacturers now. Um, okay. And it's a extremely anti-corrosive um, coating. So all my Remington 870s and stuff, my bird guns, I'll get them from the factory new. And if you put them down in the morning dew, your bird yeah, rust. Yeah, oh, yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Surface mm-hmm. rust the next day if you don't clean it. Wow. So, Cerakote. <laughs> we never do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, with When you're on trips all the time and it's tough. Yeah, you don't yeah. got to. Or you, you, get, you get a bunch of birds, you go home cleaning. You yeah. You just case up the gun, throw it, you know. Yeah. It, I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It, it sits. So, with Cerakote, even if I just do my gun black, I you blast it down to bare metal, you clean it, you gas it out, which is you put it in the oven and you heat it up till all the oil that's internally in the surface areas comes to the pores. That's then cool. you re-clean it, re-degrease it, you shoot it on with an HVLP gun, you spray it on, and then you bake it on like a powder coat. Okay. And this stuff is extremely durable and extremely anti-corrosive. I've ne- Cerakote does not rust. They did a comparison video of a Remington 700 side-by-side a factory gun and a regular gun chained to a tree for six seasons oh, really? and it, the Cerakote one looked brand new so I mean that's that was when I as a gunsmith started becoming an applicant. what is it what is it um what is the upkeep after you get something like that done as far as like oiling the gun and stuff like that well you want to oil for lubrication and, and cleaning obviously because carbon fouling <laughs> it'll make your gun jam just because it's right. carbon fouled um but it's not going to rust so the way you would oil like an old blue 1911, mm-hmm. um, just so it doesn't get surface rust, you don't have to do that with Cerakote okay. at all. Um, okay. I, my last 450, it was an AR platform, so it's aluminum, but the barrels still steel. There's steel parts that could rust. I had everything on it Cerakoted, and I didn't clean it for five years. No Did kidding. not oil it. Just this? kept it in the safe, took it out. Now, for that shit. sounds like us. That's yeah, it really does. Yeah, it this does. might be a stupid question. I'm sure it's going to oh, be. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Here we go. He makes we duck th- on a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, you know, comes. you end up, you either trip and dip the tip of your gun in the water or oh, just yeah. drop the gun. Here Does that Cerakote stuff work on the inside? We the actually can run a different thing called Micro Slick on the inside. Okay. And, micro uh, Slick. Love yeah. some Micro Slick. Micro Slick. <laughs> it's primarily used to increase cycle rates of semi-autos, okay. um, but we can internally coat, like, the end of your barrel if you were to tip it in the mud or something. And mm. Yeah. Uh, but you're still, I would still recommend cleaning the oh, inside yeah, of the sure. board. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, there there is different stuff out there for that. That's cool. If you had one piece of advice for anyone buying a gun and wanting to get it done, is there like certain brands that it um, it works better for? If it, okay, if you're gonna get this done, then you want to get a pump shotgun instead of a semi-auto, or is it just pretty much whatever you can think of, go with it? Well, so the guy that you go into a gun store and he's the tactical <laughs> guy that's like, everybody has to have a Glock 19. Mm-hmm. We don't need any more of that guy. Okay, yeah. we, need, we need to have the customer comfortable in their own skin and what they want to shoot. Sure. You know, that's what builds enthusiasts into the community and therefore, you know, it, this goes back to conservation. You guys know, every dollar that comes out of ammo and guns is pretty much what funds conservation. Sure. It's it's not yeah. PETA or anything like that, you know. They so, don't PETA doesn't do anything. No. The more gun owners, and actually, I read a statistic, and I'm off the book here, quoting, Mm -hmm. um, target shooters. So, competition sports 
uh, sporting rifles is sure. actually the majority of that money. It's not like, okay, I'm going to go buy a box of 450 Hornady Black. I'll buy 40 rounds over the whole year, and I'm out right. shooting with it. Yeah, sure. Whereas the guy that goes out and spends 1,000 <clears> rounds <throat> every weekend shooting his AR. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I got the same box of 3030 rounds I had four years ago, and it's already, <laughs> killed, it's already killed five deer. You know what I mean? Right. It's, you know, it's, the IDPA guys, the three-gun guys, the guys that are competitive shooting, the guys that are target shooting, the Those are the ones that spend all the money. Yeah. Yeah, I've read that, too. Yeah, because when you think about it, so every, and you may know this, too, I was wondering, as far as, because you guys are a smaller business, how does it work where, when people are buying, do they buy ammunition from you? or Okay, so, but when people do buy, let's say, ammunition, or they're buying guns and things like that, X amount of dollars go back towards conservation of our natural resources anyways. It's completely set up that way, which was a self-inflicted tax that hunters and shooters took upon themselves to help further conservation, which is why it's not only important for us to inspire new sportsmen and women into hunting, but shooting. I mean, it's, it it might even be better. I mean, just the sport in general. You add up all my, uh, my turkey tag, bear tag applications. You put all that together, and a shooting enthusiast would probably spend that in a weekend on rounds. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, in the tax, I, I, I bought all my tags this year, fall turkey, fishing, <laughs> everything. I, I think it was 150 bucks or sure, something sure. around there, right? This is in Michigan, obviously. Yeah. Yep. In ammo, I've spent <laughs> close to five grand this year. Yeah, if year, you're duck so, hunting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, you take the tax from that. I forget what the tax is, um, but it's definitely over what I spent on tax. Right. Sure. I can I can reason with that. I was thinking about this today. So when you're when you're out hunting and we go on our big trips and stuff like that, and you're looking at big game animals, right? And you get there, for instance, uh, and we'll talk about this later. But we're going to um, Maui to hunt uh, axis deer. Nice. And uh, um, but we've done elk hunting. We you know we're going to go after moose in Alaska. Uh, we've got antelope coming up. But imagine we're there the first day. And I was just kind of trying to think about like the mentality. So you've got a week-long trip, you got one tag, and we get there, and on the very first day of the hunt, you see a pretty good animal. So we use white-tailed deer as a species, and then, you know, people use antler points different in different states, they say different things. Mm -hmm. So we'll say a white-tailed deer in Michigan standards would be a six-point. So it's a pretty good buck, it's not the biggest buck, there's a lot bigger and stuff like that. But if it was the last day and you saw him, you'd be thanking your lucky stars that you were able to harvest him. But on the first day, it's like this mental trap mm-hmm. where it's like really hard to get yourself into wanting to shoot him on the first day because mm-hmm. you don't know what else you might see. You also haven't worked hard enough for it. Right. It's like you haven't, you haven't yeah. earned the, the, yeah. the idea of getting it. Right. And, what were you going to say? I think AJ's and me and you would disagree. <clears throat> Just because we want to hurry up and get that animal, then we can film all around it's a that. Different, it's a different perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. though. Completely. Completely. Right. So you're guys- But I understand, I mean, com- like, from my hunting perspective, doing that my whole life, I understand yeah. completely what you're saying. It's, it doesn't have the same like, gratification. Right. But from a filming yeah. perspective for us, we want to hurry up we and want, get that animal the and then film around that. And yeah. that's, that's the thing is because it's we have a TV show, it's a little bit of a different thought process. It's completely anyway. different. And I think, aside just from the TV show perspective, there's, like, a maturity thing, too. So, like, in Michigan, for those of you who aren't from Michigan, um, which a majority of our viewers are not, which is funny, I don't know what we did to our locals here, but uh, <laughs> when in Michigan, the way it works is, like, if you shot a big buck, it's because that was the big buck that came into your stand first. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because yeah. basically here, it's uh, everything's owned, although there's a ton of private property, and uh, 
everything's like divvied up into squares. So a lot of times your property will be either surrounded by state land, surrounded by other people's property. You might have your 80 acre chunk or your 40 acre chunk. And you might put food plots on and do whatever you can to make it attractive for deer to come to it. It's not the West where we're out tracking deer and everything like yeah. that and we're stalking mm -hmm. them and uh, you know, hunting them down that way. It's more like, how can we make ourselves as attractive as possible so deer will happen to be here on November fifteenth? I don't. I think that's what makes me not so interested in deer hunting. It's like, how long can I sit in this tree? Yeah, like that's the game yeah. here. I don't here. Yes, yeah. here. Well, I, I beg to differ on that. All right, let's no, hear it. So, I, I actually prefer hunting in windstorms and cornfields, stalking with a bow. I could see that. Yeah, I've done that, it's too. it's super noisy, and yeah. you know that's a good time. That's an adrenaline rush, because when you find that animal, sure. you have a limited amount of time to make that shot. Now, the worst thing ever you can do is take a bad shot. Right. So, But it puts the pressure on. If you're a good bow hunter, yeah, no, that's I fun. That, I could that would be fun. I could definitely reason with that. But what, what happens if, like, for instance, we own all that different, we own like a bunch of different parcels up in uh, uh, Wexford, Michigan. Mm -hmm. We're part of a hunt club up there. But it's like 40 acres here, 80 here, 40 there, and most of it's young forests surrounded by cornfields that we can't go in. Yeah. They're, they're not ours. You so know what I mean? tree stand hunting, yeah. <clears throat> exactly. And that's, that's kind of the, I, I do enjoy tree stand hunting. I don't want to say that I don't, I really do. But mm -hmm. I think that when you're tree stand hunting and you're forced to just sit there, I think the immaturity skyrockets in like what you'll take animal wise versus like if squirrel opens up after eight hours, it's like <laughs> if he's if he's within bow range, he's getting he's, it, you yeah. know. Just switch so, to a field tip real Yeah, yeah. I always have a field tip with me, you know. Yeah. But uh, um then the you know, you start going through you're like, Well, I'm not a trophy hunter anyways, you know, I'm out here for me yeah. anyhow and I'm like Well that, that goes to playing when we had that filming expedition where we had the youth with us that the one didn't want to shoot the doe. Dude, I'll, I'll never yeah. forget this. I'll never forget this. Oh, it's the greatest day of my life. We're, so, we're so worried about getting footage, and then you add the the variable that there's a kid with you, and you're like, oh, okay, so now there's an extra pressure. You got to make sure things work out just right. And then we're sitting with this kid, and he doesn't say this beforehand, but he's only going for a buck. We see a doe come in. We had nine a, kids to choose from, and he won a little competition. Yeah. And the idea was we just wanted to make sure we got him a deer, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. And, uh, it was a good-sized doe. We do the whole thing. Too. A monster doe comes out, and he goes, oh, no, I only want a buck. I'm like, the one that even seen a buck all weekend. What? Me and Jeff, I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting the camera lined up. And I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I'm like, wait, I'm like, okay, I'm ready when you are. Here's, and, the, here's where the story. There. The best part of the story is this, though. So he does that. So then the afternoon yeah, hunt, yeah. they go sit with another kid that's willing to shoot a doe. He shoots at one and misses. But the other kid that they ditched ends up getting an eight point that night. I loved it. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. So won. not only did he, he won in every way. You guys yeah. lost. He really you did. lost. I love it. AJ I and I were dying. The, the kid we were with, he ended up getting a doe, so it worked out, but it yeah. was just the fall. The un, we weren't expecting that. I love like, that. I love that that happened. From your perspective, when that, because you weren't with us, it was just me and Jeff and the kid. Yeah. From your perspective, you because you two were together somewhere else. So oh, what, man. how, your phones just started blowing up. From yeah, us. Well, I'm, he's not gonna shoot. Why? And I look, and we I'm like, we went with a kid named Gator. I assume it was a for sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's name was Gator, actually. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. But uh, um, they're I'm reading the text thread, and they're talking to each other in the group text. And me and AJ are just trying so hard not to die laughing. We were with my dad and my niece. We have a big stand, um, you know, elevated and everything. And I was dying laughing because I knew, I'm like, it figures because we're trying to get this episode done and we need, yeah, yeah. you know, we wanted to do that night. Um, Ashley ended up getting one, um, so it was fine. She got a young buck, but 
I wanted to cook the heart, the tongue, and the back straps for the kids to try, yeah. or the tenderloins on the fire that night. So I wanted somebody to get one. Mm-hmm. And here he is passing up on Big Doe. Yeah. He's out there trophy hunting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was, I was like, laughing so we hard. Don't, you know, we respect that. That's fine. Everyone's got their no, own don't. rules, Shut their up. own way of Shut doing it. That's gator. fine. But not not when we're filming, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, we... <laughs> Going back to that, that struggle of uh, not wanting to shoot the one on the first day, yeah. the best hunting experience I've ever had in my entire life was not a deer I killed. It was actually my girlfriend's first buck. Oh, okay. A six-point, single long shot with her bow, and I chased the thing five miles and oh, got geez. it. And wow. the only reason I got it is because it had a sucking chest wound and drowned in a lake on November 5th of last year. <laughs> oh, oh, really? It got hit by a car. I, I, th- this it was a nightmare. Yeah, I, I, let's start from the top. Oh this is this God. sounds too good to just scroll. <laughs> no cliff notes. Let's hear what happened. Single long <laughs> shot, ch- uh, track blood trail till about 10 o'clock on November 4th, and then I called a dog in. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great guide. Uh, brings the little Datsun out. Nice. And we got on it at 10 a.m. the next morning, and we were figure-eighting it around its bedding zone, you know? And I went to go get my bow so we could chase it back in and try and get another shot on right. it, right? Um, and then it just booked it for M15 across the road. I hunt out in Richfield. No kidding. Yeah, so uh, it gets. Uh, we come up over the crest of this hill, and he's like, he's looking on the GPS. He's like, okay, it ran across the road. You know, we're not going to get it. We pull up, and this guy in this Toyota is getting out of his car, and his front end smashed in. And I run up to him like, did you just hear a, hit a deer? And he's like, yeah, big one. <laughs> Did he look sad before you hit him? (laughs) It's like, was there a shot? No. So I asked him, I was like, "Uh, which way to go, buddy? And the guide's like already running off in the fresh blood trail direction because we had fresh blood. Okay, the dog's going to keep going. We tracked this thing through swamps and everything else. It was insane. And A single long shot isn't that bad. She was barely off. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a downward angle. Yeah. Uh, That happened to me with my bear. I had to shoot it again. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, about five miles on the GPS, and I'm ready to call it. We don't have water or anything. We were not planning on doing this that long. Right. And I go to him. I'm like, man, this is the hardest I've ever pushed myself. I'm, I'm calling it. We got to get some water. We got to get the hell out of here. So he's like, oh, well, the, uh, just over this hill, there's a lake. If it jumped in the lake, it drowned, you know, sucking chest wound. We get up to the top of the hill. We see it floating halfway out. Wow. The water. That's awesome, though. Yeah. I bet that was like such a sigh of relief. Yeah. How is the meat? Um... He had a little adrenaline in him, just yeah. a tad. Yeah, I, I mean, it was that good. Uh, yeah, we're eating it. Yeah, a little, yeah. little cloudy. Yeah, yeah. 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 milk, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. no, we're all what, good. What kind of damage did the car do? Um, took out the back quarter. Yeah. Um, it yeah. Jelly. So it was, it was pretty bruised up. The back uh, roast and everything was toast. Yeah. Um, but we, I field dress it out and stuff. Tag it. We're on somebody else's property at this point in time. Yeah. Straight up trespassing. Six different levels of trespassing. <laughs> yeah. For you. Oh yeah. So we look on the GPS. We're 2.5 miles from any road. So we leave oh, the deer no. and start oh, no. walking for yeah. water. And we rap tap tap on a couple doors and get a guy to give us water. I hand him my ID and I'm like. Do you, uh, do you have any UT, uh, UTV, ATV, anything I can go get this thing out of the cornfield yeah. with? And he's like, no, but I got a wheelbarrow. Great. <laughs> it was raining the day before. Run it out. Oh. <laughs> wheelbarrow and a buck in it. So Good. I got Good. it into my truck at 6 o'clock at night. And, yeah, 
But looking back on she that, she better love you. I hated it in the moment, man. Yeah, you, that's the worst thing ever. But coming back from what a that, story. it's the best experience yeah. of my life. Yeah. So yeah, when you're in the suck, yeah. it sucks. But afterwards, embrace the suck. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good point about when we were in Miami and just getting dumped on and. It may not have been pleasant, but now we have that story, and it's yeah. yeah, yeah we were yeah, in the middle cool. of the Everglades looking for python, and it was a perfect day when we got zero out. Zero percent, percent chance of rain. Zero. zero. <laughs> and then we get out as far as we could go, and in monsoon. Our, yeah, out of nowhere, just absolute downpour, and everything oh. was getting soaked. We had all the gear and everything. Like, come but on. It was I'm fun. Pro- you know what I'm glad of. Because in the chaos of that, we're all trying to put the cameras away because, you know, thousands of dollars in camera out right. there. Yeah. Tens of thousands of dollars in camera equipment out there. We started. I'm Hundreds. so I'm so glad. I, <laughs> I'm so glad I put the GoPro up. Yeah. That's that, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that we had those shots to at least show what happened in the show. Because yeah. it made it in there. Yeah. But and yeah, I, was... I, I think just the right way. Yeah. It was like everything was good. And remember, you like we showed the paddle hit the water. And like in the <laughs> like I'm saying in a voiceover, I'm like, um. It was supposed to be perfect weather, and then all of a sudden, and then you see my paddle hit the water, and you just see the light change because I just switched the because the GoPro was already going, and it switches to just poof, thunder and lightning oh. and just you know pouring down rain. Yeah. And then we got all the way back to the truck, and then it stopped. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's life. But we had to dry out the cameras, and so I was so nervous about that. We ended up not losing a thing, did we? Uh, no, I didn't. Did we, did, or did we lose one mic? We no. thought we lost all no, the mics. We didn't lose any, we didn't lose any mics. Nothing. Yeah. That's unbelievable. The worst that part was we got. The furthest point we could get out, we end up seeing this structure. And we're like, oh, thank God, it's raining. We can get over there. And he goes, um, yeah, you can't go over there. That's an abandoned, There's a like an old nuclear, government nuclear silo missile thing. Something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but I there's go- a roof. Well, we, we made the decision to go there. But then once we... I, I was like, I called it. I'm like, we're going in there anyways. Yeah. And yeah, also, yeah. And, and we're going to film it. Tell us who won't. Tell us who won't. But once we got there, there was a river in between us and that that we didn't see until we got over. on the higher ground. Yeah, yeah. We were up on the dike. We didn't know it was a dike. We thought it was just the land, and then that's on the land. Yeah. But there was like... I mean, with filming, you guys got permits and everything. You got a pole yeah. for, for yeah. film. Especially for that. I, <laughs> I grew up with my dad always saying, if it's not posted, hunt it with a bow. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a little bit, we kind of do it like right next. I, yeah. love, the, I love the anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. You've never done that, though, of course. I hunted in Pontiac with a bow and took a doe out oh. of it. All right. And the, the, hood. the city? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I was giving him an out you wanna, and he didn't take it. No, nope. you <laughs> want to go pheasant hunting? Regular vigilante. Seriously. Really? You There's so many it. pheasants in Detroit. Really? Yeah. There's more yeah. pheasants in Detroit We're than We're going anywhere. south on 75 and I look and I see just flying right over the expressway. I'm like, that's a pheasant. It's, not, <laughs> okay. it's the perfect habitat. There's they no make, predators. They make yeah. little traps where it's just a PVC pipe and some chicken wire on one side and they'll go in and then they don't know how to back up. Yeah. So they just go in and then that's it. And then you just take the pipe, take it home. Even with the litany out. of rap and pop songs, they tight. don't know how to back that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, a season that's coming up here pretty soon is uh, goose hunting, September yeah. 1st yeah. in Michigan for the early season. And uh, um, we've got some, if we're telling bad stories, I think I should tell my bad goose story that we oh always boy. said that I shouldn't tell anyone. I think we should tell that I one. We've told that one before. Not on the podcast. There's a... No way. <laughs> on the, with the family? With the family? Nope. No. Nope. Oh no, not that nope. one. Worse. Mm. What? No. Nope. I feel like the statute of limitations is probably probably <laughs> fine. <laughs> you know when you got to worry about the statute of limitations, you know it's quite yeah. the goose. I mean, I did just admit to taking a deer in Pontiac. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, um, so we were. Uh, that's crazy. We were uh, um, goose hunting. It was actually my first day goose hunting ever. 
So I think I was 16, and uh, um, it was September 1st. Now I'm dating it and everything. Perfect. Uh, but, <laughs> did you get your uh, allegedly? Set? Yeah, I did. <laughs> allegedly September. 1st. Allegedly, someone told me it was September 1st. So we go out there, and uh, um, it was my friend Joe and I. And uh, I was new to goose hunting and everything like that, but I was super excited about it because I'd watched, you know, like the Christmas Story or Christmas Carol. Which one is it? The one where they eat the Christmas goose. Christmas and Story. I've been reading. Thank one you. One of them. Yeah. I've been seeing like so many cool goose recipes. I'm like, man, I really want to try this. So we go out, and as long as your f- feet are in the Great Lakes or Lake St. Clair, you're fair game for uh, for hunting. You can you can hunt as long as you're not within 150 f- yards or feet of uh, Domicile. Yeah. So we're in the water and uh, we're up we're tucked up against the rocks, but you know in waist deep water, basically tucked up against the shore right next to a golf course. But there's no we're not. We're, we're not breaking the law in any way, shape, or form. I vetted it out, and there's other hunters and stuff right along with us. And uh, um, so we're right up against there. There's like a park over by the golf course, too. And uh, um, this is a horrific story. I can't believe I said. <laughs> so I'm, this group of geese comes in, and I, I don't know what sky busting is yet. Yeah. And I don't think it was. Well, now I know. He it was, still hasn't learned. Yeah, I have. Um, but <laughs> he knows what it is. This group of geese come in, and they're a little high. And I lift up and I shoot. And I put two shots into this one bird, and he locks up, and he soars down into the golf course area in the park. And I was like, oh, no, because you're not supposed to go in there. You can't hunt in there or anything like that. But then I met with this moral dilemma. It's like, I wounded that goose. Yeah. I can't in good conscience. It's like sometimes you got to decide, are the posted rules of the park more important, or is like the morality of not wasting game that you shot more important? So... Don't trespass with a gun because that's automatically a felony. Oh, so leave that gun. I didn't. I left the gun. Yeah. Um, so we we decided to. It was near the end of the. Um, it was like eleven o'clock, anyways, and nothing was flying anymore. So we packed up everything, got everything away, put everything away, and then I went in the park to go look for it. But uh, keep in mind, I'm in camouflage waders, camouflage <laughs> jacket, painted face, face. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's looking at me like, "What in the hell?" Because you got the golfers there, you got the yeah. like, family pe- park. <laughs> oh yeah, picnics family reunions going, going on. Picnics going on. <laughs> I'll never forget this. So, and I, I spot a goose dragging himself across the park, and I was like, "Oh man!" So I run over, and he he's just like this with his head down. So I said, "I grab him. And I'm going to wring his neck." Wring the neck, yeah. But he became, he got all kinds Second of life lead. back in him, yeah. And he went mm-hmm. berserk. So now I'm confused because that's not what happened in the shows I watched. No. So now oh, there's God. this this giant goose, never shot bigger either. It was massive. Uh, the wingspan on it was just colossal. And he's clawing my face, and I'm going like this, and I'm trying to wring his neck, and people in the park are screaming. And I, the, the, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so sorry. So I'm just wringing his neck over and over again. I go running to the car. And then I'm like, sure, he's dead. And I put him in the thing, and the thing comes back to life again. He's trying to climb out of the back of the truck. We're trying to shut the tailgate. I pull him out. I'm wringing his neck again. People are yelling. I put him back in the truck, closed the truck, then got in, and we drove off. And then we went to another place and then pulled over and got out. And he was... He was obviously dead at this point, and then I got a picture with him. <laughs> oh, that's what the picture like, was. Okay. But I was like, oh, my. Didn't look as great as he could have looked. <laughs> he, looked he looked rough. <laughs> but I was like, I'm a monster. And then, but here's the, here's the messed up thing. Like, while it was happening, I had, like, the worst feeling in my stomach. Like, why is this happening? I watched a million goose shows before this. This is why I wanted the goose hunt, and why is this the case? And we talk about this sometimes. We have to. Our show is super clean and concise, and the way we edit things is we take out some of the d- difficulties of things that happen. Yeah. Something I respect about Meat Eater is he doesn't. He'll shoot something. Yeah, Ranella. Make yeah. a great shot, and then if he has to, whatever might happen. 
and that's the reality of hunting is like sometimes you shoot things and then you got to ring it snack and if you don't know how to do it well you can wind up in a park fighting mm-hmm. with a bird. Yeah. And uh, um, I would assume head around three times is yeah, the they, they, kicker, but the thing not. is, too, geese are tough. You yeah. know what I mean? And at the time, I weighed like 94 pounds, <laughs> so it was like as big as I was. But, uh, um, you know, it's it's like that's the other side of hunting, but that's. Yeah, but nature is inherently. I, I have to tell my girlfriend this all the time. We live on a lake in Waterford. and Which so, one? Schoolhouse. Okay. So we see a we lot of wildlife. We fish Lake Oakland a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, right around the corner from me. Yeah. Um, we'll see, you'll see baby ducks get eaten by pike mm-hmm. and, you know, nature, right? Right. Other uh, ducks chasing ducks and, you know, they'll be paired up and you can tell a male, two males fighting sure. and stuff. So, girlfriend always freak out. Honey, do something, you know, but she's a hunter too. And Honey, I'm, do, I'm, do I something. I am doing something. I'm watching. I said, nature is violent and raping. Like, welcome to it. You right. Know? Right. And that's the thing Especially is like, ducks. we've talked <laughs> yeah. about this before too. All life consumes life. So, like, the people that live on a high horse to um, to talk about the fact that, you know, I don't eat, I only eat plants, and I only eat, you know, stuff like that as opposed to animals. It's like, well, the mm-hmm. plant's alive, too. Yeah. They just reverse yeah. breathe what we do. And, I mean, it, reverse breathe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they literally yeah, I just I always make them smile, and I point at the canines in their mouth, and I'm like, you know what those are for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Tearing it tofu. Did, it's true. <laughs> did you know geese dive? What? Like, they'll dive underwater? I've never seen one go underwater. I've seen them do the tip up with their butt up. And, you know, they right. will swim underwater like loons. Really? Who's really? It? Which I've geese? seen it with my own eyes. Canadian. What? Really? Yeah. That's cool. Because yeah. we were up in the UP. Filming or not filming, fishing. I'm like, I didn't go to the UP. <laughs> no, <laughs> who are you filming? Who are you filming with? You this was a while ago. Um, and while we were fishing, I think it was my uncle accidentally got the. Uh, he's casted and it went around its wing. Okay. And then it really started freaking around, freaking out and just sure. went under the and the water was crystal clear, so you could see everything. It was like 12 feet deep. And he's fighting. Oh, them. every going everywhere underwater. It was insane how fast they could swim and how well. That's I've never seen cool. anything like it before. And it was just going. Was it nuts. like just feet or was it like? It was like flying. flying. No, it really? was yeah, wings out and everything. It was huh, the underwater. It was really that's cool. Nuts. But it came up and we were able to, to like. Squeeze on like, to we it. We did and LSD it. before that, but I, think, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I that was when Santa you. Claus showed up. And, uh, <laughs> you're a big hunter. Yeah, a lot of. Well, people, I guess you could say that. Well, <laughs> you're a hunter. Yeah. I'll say you're, I like a, to think you're so. an experienced hunter, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't know this one. In fact, I had to write in to Brody at Mediator about this one because Steve had said something on his show about eating raw deer meat, and you know, okay, no risk of uh, trichinosis or anything like that. Deer are. Not full out cannibals, right? But they will eat a gut pile. Sure, and I've ugh. seen I've seen that with my own eyes. Right, I've, my very I've first deer that I got, that uh, I left the gut pile there, and I remember asking my dad, I go, shouldn't I get, shouldn't we get rid of it because I was going to be hunting the next day and everything like that? He goes, no, nah, it's fine. I always leave it. Yep. And I was like, okay. And then I got to see a group of doe come in the next day, and two of them went over and they were eating different pieces off of it, yep. and all of them were curious about it. Yeah, and I was like. I foot trapped. Uh, we were trying to get yotes off my property, and uh, I told a buddy, I was like, "Hey, I put some foot traps out on the gut pile last night." And he's like, "Okay." I said, "I got to go check the trap line," and he said, "Yeah, you better, cause uh, you guaranteed you got a deer on it." And I'm like, "What? No." I checked the camera. 
yup. Really? Shit, they they come yeah. in. Yeah, I, I started moving my cameras to my gut piles just for that night to see what comes in on them. And it's no. normally you got crows and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. but yeah. deer. There was uh, I don't remember what state it was in, but the DNR was doing studies. I think for coyotes, so they they put out these piles or the carcass or whatever it was, and then they put cameras up. Similar thing where they're trying to see what's coming in, and they got footage of a deer coming in, kind of sniffing around, picking up a rib. And then just kind of walking off with it, like it's like a cigar in its <laughs> oh, mouth. Uh, just oh, oh yeah, we actually yeah. Didn't we have a picture of it too? It was something I saw online. I, I thought we, no, was... I there, there's that happened in Mesick. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about it. And then after that, you did the same thing with actual ribs, and we called you ribs. Yeah. Remember with the <laughs> I do remember. You wore that. his hat. And I do. I do remember. That. I remember that. Um, you wore my hat. I got yeah. a question. Hold on, I got a question though. You were so, there. You were upset. So, <laughs> trichinosis is acquired because. You have bears and stuff like that, yeah. especially black bears. It's the number one contributor. And right. there's not that many people that eat black bears. I wonder if ours had it, but man, is that a good Haven't taste? Yeah. I got a blueberry bear. Nice. And it was yeah. fantastic. I mean, that's some of the Very best meat we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and it was on the show, actually. But anyhow, uh, we, we never had it tested. We just cooked it to an oblivion. Yeah, so if we you went, cook it, you're good. You cook it out. To an oblivion. <laughs> makes stew. <laughs> we did. It's supposed to be 165 or something, and we did 190. 190. 180, 185. Yeah, and then I cooked it again the next time to heat it up yeah, for everybody yeah. and got mm-hmm. it back up there again. Yeah, yeah. You can get uh, trichinosis from pork. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, for so. sure. But I, I guess I was confused. Pigs will eat each other. So, oh, for sure. So Pigs is your hypothesis about like? So he's saying you can eat raw deer meat because you're probably not going to get trichinosis because right. they're herbivores. And your combat to that was well, they could eat each other's gut pile. Yeah. So my question: They eat baby birds too. So that's so. Where are they acquiring it from? Because the reason why predators have it is because they're eating a bunch of hoofed right. animals. Right. So, I guess my question is, where do you think the deer would be getting it? That that would be a risk. Then I wouldn't Good think I, if if they're eating enough gut piles, mm-hmm. that would be the only way. Now, obviously, they're not straight cannibals. They're not carnivores. Right. They're not right. running around chasing other deer to eat them. Right. Um, but there's so, a possibility. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a possibility. Well, CWD risk, doesn't but... transfer to humans, but there's always a possibility. Right. There's that. always right. the one deer, like human beings, for instance. There's always that garbage disposal, like Jeff is for us. <laughs> right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, patient zero. You right. Know, who's gonna get it? <laughs> patient zero. <laughs> Um, speaking about like the difference in like what's fine to eat and what's not fine to eat, um, cricket protein is like the newest thing that's like hit the market. Everyone's talking about cricket protein being super healthy. And if you look at the picture, the big sell is the amount of water it uses, um, or how much how much protein you get based on the amount of water that it uses. So if you look at crickets, they barely use any water, whereas cattle use a ton. And then how much protein is in a, you know the cricket flour? You're looking at vastly more than Cricket even flour. even <laughs> sirloin, chicken breast, eggs, Atlantic salmon. It's all way higher, way higher in cricket flour. But the the alarming thing that they're not talking about is this. Mm, it's bugs. Well, <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, how gross! Like, pretty disgusting. And like the 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 health benefits of it are actually really really high. Which makes sense because think of a lot of critters that eat bugs, right? And that's right. what they live off of. People so that, don't want to know what's in their food. Look at castor oil. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like vanilla. Vanilla yeah. extract. Okay. It comes out of beavers oh, yeah. gland, you know. Like so they don't want to hear that. Like gelatin. Sure. sure. And uh gelatin's just bones and stuff. Jeffrey yeah. taught me that. Yeah. 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 Um but my point is when you're looking at the value of life, right? So how many crickets died to make up that amount yeah. of powder that you're comparing to that one yeah. life of a cow? 
I, why do the bugs true. have no bent? Why I, do the bugs? No one cares about the bugs. That's not life they're anymore. They're not cute. I, There's no front for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking about this earlier today when I saw the rundown, and the conclusion I came to is that like those crickets, they're raised on a farm. They're into their life and their purpose from start to finish was always to do that. Like that's just what it is. So I mean, it's a loss of life. But it's completing its task that it was originally always I'm meant for. I'm fine with that. Nice. But there are people that will not eat meat and are saying eating meat is bad that are eating cricket powder, the the flour, yeah. the protein. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm saying, why is it that that life doesn't matter? And the other thing is like it's it's what you it's what you get down to like when we had Ted Nugent on the show and he was talking about the fact that he, Uncle Ted was like, well, listen, if you want to grow tofu in a field. Then you have to kill every single vole, shrew, deer, rabbit, crow. squirrel, crow, anything that is in that field that's going to eat your beans in order to make tofu, you have to kill. Yep. And they use the combine to do that. And that's why the birds follow the combine is because all the rats and mice and everything get all shredded up in there. Yep. And then they follow that and eat them. And then anything that they don't, they'll come in with Monsanto, spray the crap out of it so that they'll eat it and die. So it's like, <laughs> literally, they're killing so many Just animals to make a salad. There's so much death in a salad, it's unreal. There's more death in a salad. But if I take one deer with one arrow, then... More humanely. More does. humanely. Well, you're yeah. way more connected and care way more about that species. You watch that species breed, you watch it in the rut. That, that's my biggest argument when somebody says, you know, Yo, why do you hunt? Well... I trust me. I care way more about deer than you do because right. you think they're cute. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you look at the, um, you look at the entire entirety of it too. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I said, if everyone was educated, have you seen that? I know Angel see it. It's gonna be a movie reference. Uh, I think it's Out of Time with Justin Timberlake and that one woman who's just smoking hot. Living wild. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, um, big fan. I don't think it's. In, I don't think it's Out of Time. Out of In Time. In time, in time. Okay, so it, out of time is the license. The premise from... of the movie is that money goes away, but life, like how many years you have to live, is like the new currency, and everyone's got this digit on their arm. So like you know you get paid hourly, like for how many you know how many hours you work is how much life you're given and blah blah blah, and you can exchange it to people and so on and so forth. But that's like the premise of the thing is that time is the new currency of money. Well, if there was something like that with deer. We're like, because the average deer in Michigan, if they're lucky, would make it five to seven years. So if it was lucky. like, lucky. So if you shoot a deer and they're going to die of the following disease, old age, predator, or an arrow being run through them, or a car. Car. And yeah. old age ain't going to happen. So that, that one's no, a joke. No, no. A they'll, five-year-old deer is an old, old deer. deer they start like losing their teeth and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then. Wow. So you're looking at... They're going to either have an arrow run through them, they're going to have disease, they're going to have a predator kill them, um, or they're, they're going to get hit by I mean, a car. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. So those are your options. Yeah. Uh, or starvation is another real good one in the winter. That takes out a ton of them. That's why deer sure. thrive in like Royal Oak. And, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> my sister's off Big Beaver Road, mm-hmm. and she's always posting videos of this big 14 that she's got in her yes. backyard. And I was like, I looked it up, and it's like $115 city ordinance fine. I'll be on that rooftop this year. <laughs> yeah. rooftop, I don't care. I'll pay that's the, not that I'll, bad of a fine. That's no, really I'm going to pay the fine. I don't yeah. care, man. But so the point is, if everyone knew, just like those digits in that movie on their arm, 
that that deer only had six months left left to live, or a year and six months left to live, and this is the gruesome way it would die, or I can humanely take it quick right now and consume it and have that be meat in the freezer and make it so there's enough food for all the other ones to survive. Would that change people's perspective? Right. And I think it would. It really would. the the arrow being shot is. 99% of the time, the cleanest way for that animal to die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Slowly eaten to death by a coyote. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they'll, they'll take that down thing down and eat it while it's still alive. They yeah. don't, like, Man. if you could get a video of that or sh- and show someone a 10-second clip of the deer dying because you're shot and the 10-minute clip of Suffer. it being the, the suffering. <laughs> yeah. Or a two-week after it's been hit and now it's going septic because it dies right. from infection. Oh, yes. like, come on, man. It's going delirious. Like, But yeah. I don't think people want to reason like that. They just want to no. look at the... Reference back to the Disney movies they watched, and <laughs> well, to be honest, that's where I get back to the whole cricket thing. Like, here, listen, would I try the cricket protein stuff? Of course, especially if it's all that healthy and stuff like that. But a piece of me would be like, man, that's a lot of dead crickets. I mean, yeah, that is a, that's a lot, thousands of dead crickets, of dead crickets <laughs> yeah. versus the one. And I would actually, it would, I would be more inclined to feel bad off of the cricket powder. Than I would one deer, hands yeah. down. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I would still eat the cricket powder. I'm not like a wimp, but I'm saying like, I would. F- it's different. I am more inclined to feel bad about the cricket powder than I am. Imagine one that. Deer. Every time you scoop some powder, you're just like looking thousands at thousands like, of like, dead. Oh, that's a thousand crickets. That's <laughs> yeah. a thousand crickets. If you're talking on a, like just basis of life, yeah. Yeah. That's a big. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like all life is life, right? All life is sacred is what they're selling us. Right. But then they'll like just gorge on these poor bugs. They don't have eyes. They can't really show not eyes, but you know what I mean. Like they can't they show have emotion. Eyes. But they don't have eyes where like you can see what they're looking at and like. They show emotion with their eyebrows or whatever. Like they do if you get a magnifying glass. Quick the sun just right. No, nice. So, so, but like, what's the argument though? Like, they're not cute, so they don't have a soul. I don't know. Well, where do you draw the line? Okay, so like, I won't eat canine. Right, I'll eat a coyote. If you cook it up right, I'll probably eat it. But that's a canine. I would need a domesticated dog. You know, so. But that's pretty much where I draw the line. Now, if we go down to the Amazon, start shooting monkeys, I'll eat a primate all day. Yeah, I'd have a tough one with that I don't one. one. It got ruined for Jeffrey and I because I remember we were we were on a hunt, and we were um, we were back at in Dean's cabin for some reason. Yeah, we're sitting yeah. there. And I'm like, oh, our channel's on the one our show we were on. And we click it on them. We're watching it, and I'm like, that's a baboon. And they're talking about <laughs> how they're overpopulated and stuff. I go, are they fixing to shoot this baboon? Yeah. <laughs> so he's sitting there, and they're like getting guns ready. I go. They're not gonna, Jeffrey, get in here. <laughs> and he yeah. like, he like comes in. He's sitting there. I'm like, they're not gonna. Are they gonna shoot the? <laughs> and he's sitting there like a human though, which was real weird. And they shoot him, and they shoot him right between the eyes. Wow. And it, he goes boom, and he goes, and, and he just falls <laughs> yeah. flat. I was like, I don't Mid, like it. Mid nanner. I don't like it. He's in the middle of eating a nanner. <laughs> and <laughs> he was too. Uh, I, don't like I, I didn't like well, it. Yeah. There's there's deer I, in Royal Oak that people feed by hand. Now sure. I wouldn't yeah. f- let one come up to me by hand and then club it over the head like a seal <laughs> and like yeah I'm gonna eat you now. That's mean, you know. Yeah. Fair yeah. chase. Fair yeah, chase. fair chase. Fair chase. But no, I just something about the He's whole. He's got con- thumbs. I'm not. Man. I'm not, He's got yeah. thumbs. But then yeah. also, it's a so these tough people, one. these a lot of these people that live in the rainforest and stuff like that. These poor people that live off of pro- like the protein that they kill and stuff, and they hunt it, and they like it. It's like what's the standard to them, and that's like what's abundant and available mm-hmm. to them, and it's an overpopulated species, yeah. and it's something that they need to eat and consume, and it's something that they live off of. Then who are we really to yeah, judge? Yeah, who are that? we to say anything about? But that? I got I, 
I can never get that image out of my head. I was asking if, <laughs> I just, if yeah, boom. If you would eat it. Like, where do you draw your... It's like you saw him I, I get sad it. when he yeah. got yeah. shot. I would try it for sure. Once well, it's meat, I'm, I'm fine yeah. once it's meat. I'm a, talk about civilized, but once it's like meat on a plate, and they're like, well, that was monkey, it's like, yeah. well, I'll try it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I... I'd, pro- I'd try anything at least once, but participating yeah. in an anything, action, anything, even. <laughs> but participating what? in it, I like me going out primate hunting. I don't know. It's if better I would to be, be observed than yeah. I, ra- yeah, I yeah. that's when I would especially like to just film. So right. I have a moral dilemma, and okay. it's, it's about this year in deer season, right? And uh, there's nowhere in the DNR handbook that says this is illegal. So we're gonna have this story. Okay. Um, we all want to get back to our primal instinct. You see guys that getting, you know, crucified on YouTube for bear hunting with spear, right? Yep. Rambo style. If I go out into the woods and set up a tree stand ten feet above the ground, and I go in with nothing but a K bar, and I jump down on a back a of knife. a doe, yeah, is it's we're not talking about legality here, right? That's a moral dilemma. Yeah, I think I think for me, what it comes down to is, I. I'm not skilled enough in practice. So, like, how, how many arrows do you shoot a year? Uh, target? Yeah. I have no idea. But it's high, right? We'll say in the thousands? No. Okay, for me, it's in the thousands. Okay, okay and for a gun, we'll say in the hundreds. So, I, I have the moral obligation to make sure that I am proficient and efficient with my means of killing what I harvest so that it's quick, clean, effective, right. and nice. I am in shape. I work out five days a week, but I don't trust that I would be effective at quickly killing the deer enough that I would pass up my bow or gun and move to that. Yeah, right. Good point. I'm not, How close I'm not, would it have to be? No, I'm saying jump on their back. Yeah, what I'm, an I'm saying I've jump down out of the tree. Yeah, yeah, they, they do that with boar in Florida. Yeah. They like, well, I mean, straight up they like shoot them on helicopters in Florida. Do you yell as you're falling down like, no, you're quiet, man. You don't want that thing to move. Yeah, so that would be how I am. But you put me in a survival situation where I'm on an island and I have to survive, then... I wouldn't say that it's not in my arsenal of possibility for sure. It's just like for me to like when I have access to a bow and I have access to a gun. You want to do it as I want effectively to do it as, as possible. Effectively as right. possible. It's but it is true. interesting. No, I no. just think uh, you only live once. Like I've, I've wrestled alligator before down in Florida. Okay. And you only live once. Like when I got the opportunity to do that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Sure. You know, I don't care. Yeah, that thing's mouth was taped up. You know, it's it's like a carny ride. Right. <laughs> but still, though. I still can walk <laughs> into a, a bar, ride. crack a beer, and be like, I wrestle alligators. <laughs> yeah. So, You're like, look at my girl again. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> in life, man, I, I'm really really debating with doing this while I'm still young, while I still can. So for people that want to go to your website, check out your work and Instagram and stuff, where can they find you? Odinsworkshop.com, Odin's Workshop on Facebook. Please don't call. I have too much business right now. I don't want any more. Okay, don't give them any business right <laughs> oh, now. Yeah. O-D-E-N? O-D-I-N. I-N. Yeah, okay. like uh, the Norse god. I was so, Odin's son. But yeah. check Odin. out his work. Check out his Instagram and Facebook. Also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Um, the Greenway Outdoors is our handle for just about everything. If you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or anything like that, make sure you go to NRM Streamcast. Check out their application. It's on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, basically anywhere that you can find uh, um, a good website or application at this point on your phone. You can watch it live, 6 p.m. Thursdays, Eastern Standard Time. If you miss it live, check us out on our YouTube, where we post it there every single week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay green.